You are listening to the Life Tonic Podcast, your resource for intentional living and personal growth. This podcast is designed to inspire and motivate you to be your most glowingly brilliant self. I am your host, Joanna O, and I'm grateful for you tuning in today. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode five of the Lifetonic Podcast. I am so happy to be back here today for a new episode, starting a fresh new week. And I'm just overall excited to share some interesting updates around the Lifetonic Podcast and what's been going on, and that is coming at the end of the episode. So stay tuned. Now, a quick update on me. The past two weeks, I've been through a really interesting journey. The past couple of weeks in general, working on body awareness, but also processing some stressful times at work, which is what caused me to some degree to fall off the bandwagon with my podcast and consistency. I was traveling for work actually around the time I released my last episode. Mostly though, I've been becoming more and more aware of my body and how it reacts when I'm truly present in the moment versus when I'm not, but also how and where it holds on to tension. I've tried to increasingly tune in and dissect how I allow stress to manifest in my body and how different emotions leave a physical trace on me. It's just been such an interesting sort of journey of self-discovery of my own body. I've really switched up my sort of training routine as well from being somebody who struggled with finding stillness and doing, you know, being a person who's actually never tried workouts like bar or, you know, Pilates on a reformer, like stuff like that, that I had never done. I've always been a person who was either all in or no gym at all. Uh, high intensity, nonstop, like maybe three times a week, which I'll come on to later. But, um, and why is that? It's because everything that our bodies know, and in this case, my body is linked to the past. So why is that? Our feelings are the end product of learnings and experiences from everything we've learned so far. It's like a record from the past. Thoughts are the vocabulary of the brain and feelings are the vocabulary of the body. You can think of it this way. How we think and feel becomes our state of being. And most people's state of being is in the familiar past, craving the predictable future. So when I say I'm processing things at work, you know, for me, and I've shared this before, at work is a place where I found in the past, the stressful atmosphere and surrounding that I had placed myself in this environment that I was deliberately participating in was all that I knew. And so it would almost be like, when I walk into the office, and it's not a stressful day, or it's a bit of a quieter day, my body would be like, well, what the hell is going on? You know, I don't know what this is. And it doesn't feel comfortable or it manifests in other ways that are, you know, just sort of fighting back this response of this is not what is familiar to my body. So 
the predictable future, of course, can be a negative emotion, like I just said. In fact, when we perform these negative actions so repeatedly, it gets inked in your brain and we start craving more and more. We start craving the same, more of the same. I mean, this applies to everything from food to intimacy. Think about it. Think to when you wake up in the morning. Most of us will come to awareness. And the first thing we do is we start thinking about our problems, our problems related to people, to places, times, situations, whoever you need to speak to later in the day. And by doing this, we place ourselves in this consciousness, not only of living in the past, but associating and perpetuating stress that's happened in the past, projecting that onto the day that you haven't even begun to have. My journey for what this episode is going to be about today, and it's a bit of a controversial episode, and I was very reluctant whether to talk about this or not so early on in starting my podcast, but it is something that was really meaningful to me and really important to me. So I think, why not share it? Why not put it out there? I'd love to hear what other people have to say on this topic. So my journey for what I'm going to talk about began with meditation and reconnecting to your inner self, finding that stillness was, like I said in the beginning, something that as someone who's very energetic, even hyper, I would say, I found very challenging enough, I mean, challenging enough on its own, you know, let alone like try and dwell into it a little bit deeper. But that's the hard part for everyone, isn't it? Because when you are in that moment of stillness is when you start noticing thoughts you start noticing what torments the mind. And then, of course, you're able to even physically feel how those emotions buried inside you can be felt, which is extremely powerful. And we repress that because we don't always want to feel the same shitty feeling that we've experienced in the past, right? We just want to perpetuate and our body is just continuously and our mind is asking for more of the same. If you experienced... And this is, I guess, an example that may, maybe a lot of people will relate to. If you experience humiliation as a child speaking in front of your class, even as an adult, and I've seen this with my own eyes, you can experience a distressing bodily sensation when you speak in front of an audience. You experience brain fog, throat tightness, the list goes on. When something traumatic like that happens, the brain will literally encode whatever it needs to, it will process it and it stores it and it, or disposes of it, depending. And life goes on. That is what happens with all of our experiences in our waking life. And our body is constantly communicating to our brain. So, and vice versa. So you have to imagine, because that's what allows us to go about our lives and know, you know, when our body is sending the response to our brain and vice versa, it's telling us, you need to focus on this pay attention here, process this, that information, numb the unnecessary, and so on. As complex humans, of course, we form implicit and explicit memories of everything that we experience. Explicit memories are what we call the factual information. Implicit memories are the emotional responses, your body sensations, the part that doesn't have to do with facts. It's the part that has to do with feelings. And that is the complex little ball that, that can go haywire. So what happens when our bodies talk to us? When 
we don't process certain emotions or traumatic experiences obviously the scale of trauma being absolutely fluid as people's trauma can be linked to events upbringing or very specific experiences our conscious minds creates a barrier it says to us okay i'll take this on you're good to go i'll bury it in the archive to the best of my ability and see you later but then we often start to notice that this unprocessed trauma starts manifesting in what I don't really like this word, but the word symptoms. And we can begin to experience difficulty in relationships. We experience recurrent negative thoughts, feeling paralyzed in certain situations. Like I just gave the example of public speaking and it often leaves you thinking, oh my God, it makes no rational sense. You know, I'm trying to have this conversation at work with this person who's, I don't know, my boss or whatever. And I start having like my eyes twitching or I get like, I guess shaky. My voice gets shaky. So for me, that was kind of the beginning of this journey of trying to uncover why certain themes emerged in my life. What is it in me that makes me the way that I am and makes me have certain experiences in my mental space or in my physicality? And why are my responses the way that they are? Coming on to the real talk now, I had been suffering from severe cystic acne-like breakouts around my jawline, my chin, but also my chest and back for the past eight months. Interestingly, I had never experienced breakouts or acne growing up, not even in my teens, which I was, I've always been blessed with really nice, clear skin. And so the first time this manifested, I was actually on holiday. So naturally, I'm over here thinking, well, it's a sun allergy. I mean, who breaks out from stress on holiday, right? A few weeks later, coming back to London, I still had those breakouts going pretty strong. So I blamed it on my cycle. I was like, this is all hormonal. It'll calm down, whatever. A month later, when I saw no improvement, I sort of started switching the narrative in my head and I was convinced then that it was all because I'd gone off the pill earlier that same year and so this was all side effects from being on the pill. Fast forward a couple of months and things weren't looking any better. My facial breakouts actually became worse if anything and here I find myself in an obsessive spiral of everything that I could possibly do and identify as the cause of this breakout from switching my skincare routine, cleaning my brushes every day. I was using all the topical treatments that you can imagine under the sun, cleaned up my diet. I started supplementing differently. I stopped eating meat altogether around November of 2019. And I didn't drink any alcohol for like a couple of months and still nothing, nada. The issue is, um, I've now learned, of course, that it was actually twofold. I couldn't take care of my brain without taking care of the body. And my body was evidently, although quietly responding to some ingrained stimuli, it was just there. It was just something boiling under the surface. I didn't want to go consult a dermatologist because I knew they would treat the symptoms, not the cause. And I knew deep down that this external almost outburst was something to do with what was going on on the inside. Enter my energy healer and naturopath, Kirsty. So my first time going to see Kirsty, 
I was really open-minded. I had done my research online. I sort of went down the route of researching naturopaths in London. I asked friends, I asked around, who would you recommend to go to and sort of talk uh, talk to about my issue and maybe come with a solution that's a bit more natural and a little bit more herbal based. And that is what is generally the lifestyle that I want to lead is holistic. And I didn't want to have anything that was, you know, like an intense drug that would be prescribed and eliminate everything that was on the surface, but then deep down wouldn't actually treat where it was coming from. So I was really open-minded thinking to myself, if this doesn't work, at least it will make a good story on the podcast. So I completely sort of gave into that. I went online, I inquired about an appointment, I completed my patient form where I was asked to describe everything from my workout routine to what I eat on a regular day. And going into see Christy, there was no sage burning, no candles, no background music, just the two of us, an examination bed and a desk. And we talked for about an hour. I noticed she was asking me really non-related questions like, where did I go on holiday last year and where I worked and what was my dream job? And she was just taking notes all along. She explained to me that the majority of people don't know what they're working with. Most of us cannot pinpoint the exact event that leads to an outcome. Some of us know what a traumatic event may have created for us, but in large portion, a large portion of people are puzzled because They're thinking, I'm seemingly here, doing well, smiling, full of energy, but something is going on. And particularly with skin, the skin, everything that manifests outside on the outer layer of you, which is your skin, is linked to unprocessed emotions and guilt. So there was something that was underneath the surface, like I said, but I was just coming from a place of, these are my symptoms, just help me understand because I feel like I'm doing everything right. And I feel like I've put all this effort towards it and it's just not getting better. Now onto the fun part, the body talk system. Um, after about 40 minutes of talking to Christy, she made me lay down on her bed, um, covered me in a blanket, which was really fluffy and nice and comforting. And she explained that We need to bring the body's response down. We need to calm down this hormonal messenger who is telling you that you are stressed or not succeeding or not doing well. And then we can work on the mental and emotional aspects, like what it is really within you that is driving this response. Otherwise, we are setting you up for failure. And then began this astonishing bodily experience of this entirely non-invasive method, by the way, of just rebalancing the energy centers in the body that may have become compromised. And for every month functioning circuit, light tapping on the head that she did activates that brain center. You have to think of it like it's causing your brain centers to reevaluate your body's health. The practitioner in this case relied entirely and solely on the guidance of my body's innate wisdom and what it remembers and the experiences that it's been through to try and identify where this could be a blockage. And it was honestly incredible to feel that my body itself was repairing and pointing to where there was imbalance, stuff that I wasn't even aware of, located 
I was able to locate this, the weakened lines of communication and provoking these often strong emotional responses. Like at some points throughout the body talk, I had tears running down my face and I had no idea why I wasn't sad or anything. I was completely neutral state, but all these, all this stuff coming to the surface sound the skeptic alarm here, if you will. Although this is called a healing session, I felt like it was just awakening those tools within me to go through the process of rebalancing and just putting me in my own power in my own body so really going into that journey I think the answer I got was mostly about emotions explanations I guess that I was seeking on certain feelings I was having but I eventually was made to answer my own questions of 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 distress and it's a bit of a process and a journey of kind of traveling within. I kind of um, teleported, I guess, back in time, months before these silly breakouts even began. And there was my first clue, moving country, a swirling relationship drama, and an unexpected radical career shift, leaving me sort of acutely anxious. Although, oh, I was, you know, in my head, like I was doing everything so right in terms of self-care. But so I thought. You know, going out of that session, I felt so light with like almost like a hollow like space in my chest, not emptiness, but a sense of contentment, like aware of how much I had neglected by speeding through so many shifts in my life and sweeping stressful experiences under the blanket of, oh, I'm being tough and strong and I'm advancing and going forward. But actually, thinking back, there was a lot going on in my life that, you know, I sort of just speeded through and, and, and processed and kind of left it to my own body to deal with. And at the end of the session there, I was thinking, you know, just getting off that table with all this emotional stuff going on inside my head. Like, did I dwell? What, what could she see? What did she find? And honestly, guys, that night, I had the best sleep I had had in months. In my journal entry of the following morning, I write, I celebrate the lightness of being in my heart. I am gifted with awareness and guided by my intuition and inner power. I do not feel stressed at work. People's arguments didn't get to me for the next couple of days. Something that had become a go-to response and a familiar pattern that be a negative or positive. I felt like that sense of calm had sort of permeated to, I guess, deeper levels of my being, which was such an unusual new experience, the underlying layers that I hadn't accessed before, or that I couldn't fully let go of these things that I was holding on to that my body was holding on to. And my posture improved. I mean, this sounds in insane, but like, I was walking lightly, I was walking different. There was no background vague kind of static tension like that you always have when if you're just by definition kind of a hyper maybe you have a little bit of a you know mild anxiety from time to time that manifests throughout the day I had little to no chatter in my head and it was the most liberating experience ever and I was like I need to hold on to this feeling and I need to practice this mindfulness and harvest this feeling because it is honestly so so powerful to to have been so in tune I soaked up in this calm sensation and thought I, I have no idea what the hell just happened in there but I don't need to know I can feel it 
in the beginning of our session, Kirsty asked a lot about my diet. So I think that's also worth mentioning. She asked me what I was craving. When do my cravings happen? And I said, a lot of the time when I'm at work, you know, I have a very, very generally, I like to think my diet is very clean. I eat pretty much the same thing. I always eat, you know, a bit of protein, like in the form of grains or um, sometimes if I'm indulging, having a bit of a junk meal, it'll still be like a healthy-ish junk meal. Um, I try and sub- substitute things to make them a bit healthier. Like if, if my boyfriend and I are having burgers, instead of a normal burger nowadays, we'll have like a Beyond Meat burger. And I'm not saying it's better, but like it's a little bit different for your body. Let's Let's face that. But she asked me when my cravings happen. I said a lot of the time I crave sweets. And I don't, the thing with me is I don't crave unhealthy sweets. Like I'll never crave, say, Hershey's or like a Mars bar or something like that. I always crave relatively healthy sweets or I like to think that they are, but maybe they are disguised as that. Um, So like, you know, deliciously Ella peanut butter cups or something like that. And this often happens at work in the afternoon, whether it's out of boredom or actually craving that. I don't know, um, but that's one that I mentioned. And then I always find myself craving carbs. I don't gain weight from carbs. I could literally eat like a whole tub of white rice and I'll be the happiest baby ever. <laughs> but I don't gain weight from like bread and stuff like that. Um, so I mentioned that as well to her. And obviously, I walked out of there with a bit of a nutritional prescription. Some of her recommendations were to cut coffee and specifically, um, and I admit this is not the best, but specifically I was somebody who would drink coffee out of habit. I absolutely love the taste of coffee. I don't do it to wake up in the morning because like I said, I'm a pretty energetic person in the AMs. And I'm pretty hyperactive as it is. And I think exactly that. It's just that I go to work and out of habit and loving the taste, loving the ritual of having coffee, I'll have, I'll end up having two, three, four coffees and then just feeling anxiety in the afternoon. Like, no shit, you're going to feel that. I mean, you literally spiked your insulin levels through the roof. But um, she recommended cutting coffee, reducing, maybe even possibly eliminating sugar and gluten from my diet, dairy as well, which I already have, although I occasionally eat like, you know, non-vegan cheese, which is also not great, but I drink kefir sometimes. Overall, it was a low GI diet. And of course, it's not a cure, but it can alleviate the trigger responses of the body, which is um, manifesting in inflammation and in turn breakouts in my case, but it could also be in digestion. Like she'll ask you, you know, how do you respond to certain foods? Like, do you find you feel heavy after meals or this or that or the third? So, I mean, to sum it up, we have within us this incredible teacher. And that's one thing that I realized in those sessions is we have this incredible teacher within the ability to crystallize our purpose, to heal and release all aspects that do not serve us. There isn't really a time or age when you're supposed to do this. Usually patterns of hidden trauma can emerge or resurface in, say, most commonly intimate relationships or when we're under a lot of stress. 
that's when stuff goes haywire. Just a moment of crisis will evoke a moment of trauma. Trauma, of course, for a long time was such a vague, I guess, nebulous term for me to even begin thinking about because while trauma can be seen as injury to the body, and I think I really don't like that word, but I'll think of a different word that can also kind of symbolize the same thing. But trauma can be trauma, obviously injury to the body. It can also be injury to the psyche, to the mind. And it can, of course, affect anyone in their lifetime. What's amazing is that with tools like like that, stepping into your power, noticing the energy that flows in us and how it flows and glows and where it is dimmed. We can explore the depth of anxious mentality and thoughts and all those patterns that we create in our heads exist within us. And we can begin to connect and heal the way those manifest in physical imbalance, becoming, you know, in tune and noticing how different thoughts make us out of tune, maybe, meaning mind and body being not in alignment. And what we want is alignment. So today, on Monday, I want you to thank your past self for where she has brought brought you today and release her. And let her go because she was who she was yesterday, the day before, last week, last month. And then think of yourself here, visualize yourself in this present moment and think yourself now and your future self for awakening your awareness that even begins with listening to this podcast or having a morning meditation, the one that you did this morning, or just connecting to this moment of mindfulness, be it drinking a coffee, which I'm very jealous if you are, or drinking your morning drink or just on your commute. And following that spark of interest that you had and the desire to go on this journey or take one step forward in this journey with yourself. This week for me, it's going to also be a shift towards being content in the present, exactly where I am now and observing how that makes me feel, how different events make me feel. I will practice being present to the best of my ability in each waking moment in this incredible vessel that I've come to know as my body. And I will continue to apply the learnings I obtained, this mindfulness, continue my meditation, and this journey inward towards my most amazing self and my higher self that lives within me that has all the answers to what it is that I want to know. No one, no external factor, or event this week and for the foreseeable future will ever be bigger than you. Today, practice acting like the person you want to be, energetically manifesting that you are ready to receive all that is meant for her. Remember, you are your most glowingly brilliant self already. You're just working on the next version of her. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I invite you to follow the Lifetonic podcast on Instagram. I'll be launching a first series of downloadable workbooks, some vision board worksheets, more exciting freebies as well to support the community of amazing listeners that I have grown to date. There's not many of us, but I hope there will be more who all want to continue bettering themselves and 
being their most authentic self. So that's it for me. Till next time, lots of love.